I decided... <laughs> No, uh, no, I've lost my segue because I thought we were doing Tom Cruise second. Oh, sorry. So, no, 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 that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I'll, I'll figure out. I'll, I'll, um, I'll roll with Top the punches. Gun, wasn't it? <laughs> it was Top Gun. That's why. Yeah. Would you do it again? Sure. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. There's a great camaraderie in the film. And, of course, you know, two of the three, I, I would say Tom is the the you know, ended up being the, the glue to the project that, you know, he, he wasn't that superstar yet. But, you know, Tony Scott's gone and um, Jerry Bruckheimer, the most successful producer ever now, but his partner is gone, Don Simpson. But I think, I think it, it wouldn't be that difficult to maintain the spirit of it. Do you like working with Cruz? Yeah, it was fun. You know, very my, hard worker. My guy uh, didn't like him, but, you know, uh, it was fun to not like him. <laughs> Tony Scott, did that shock you, that he would take his own life? Yeah, because, because Tony uh, it was the most generous, positive director I've ever worked with in film. You know, he's not known as an uh, actor's director. No. Be because he's so vivid a uh, stylist with a camera, and uh, with editing and developed a lot of new techniques that are now, you know, common. Uh, but he really loved acting and getting the shot. He turned once, I was right behind his head, on an aircraft carrier, and we were filming the jets taking off. And he turned to me once with tears in his eyes because <laughs> the, the takeoff, getting the shot. It's, it's very famous because it's in like the trailer or one of the videos or something, but the smoke kind of curls. But it, it's banked into the sunset. And this was, you know, he hit oh. Nirvana for him. And so, yeah, it was a great loss to everybody in the community. So um, that's right, because we had Top Gun as number five. Yeah. That's fine. That's totally fine. So what we're going to do now is talk about our top five Val Kilmer films. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. He's one of those, he's a really enigmatic actor. He's just really confusing yeah. as an actor, as a, as a person, I should say. Not, not as an actor, but as a person. Like, yeah. It's hard to get a read on him. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see him in Maverick. I am. I really want to. I feel like I haven't seen him in a he's long just, time. <laughs> he's been, it feels like he's been drifting for a while. Um, Val Kilmer, he, he's been there. He's been active. He's just not been the superstar that he started off as and that he could have been. And I don't know if it's because yeah. he decided that that's not what he wanted to be. Or we, it's, that's what I mean by the enemy. I think we were talking about that. It. Yeah. Because he seemed like he was just rising, was rising, and, and then, then all of a sudden he just kind of disappeared. Boom, yeah, yeah. And I don't really know why. Mm. But um, he's gone on. But he continues yeah. to make good movies, though. And we can um, reach and see, reach and find a few movies, uh, even in the two thousands and two thousand tens. So you know, there's a few that are there. Okay, so so let's get to it. Val Kilmer's our favorite films of Val Kilmer or our top five or our favorite whatever however we do we don't really have any sort of <laughs> we haven't decided whether whatever. it's the best or the or just the favorite or, yeah we're all over the place here's five movies of Val Kilmer five movies of Val Kilmer <laughs> that we're gonna talk about that is pretty decent and he's alright <laughs> plays an alright part in these movies <laughs> what's your number five Luke it's finalizing my order now <laughs> oh I'll start then all right, I'm going to start because because um, Luke's pulling up his pages to um, to remind himself. So, my number five is Doors. So, nice. I've chosen this one not because it's my favorite movie that he's been in, not even in my top five favorite movies that he's been in. It's a real, it's it's a bit of a slug to get through the movie, but it's still it's still a good watch. I liked it. it. I enjoyed it. Hey, is it quite long? Okay, it's remember. fairly long. Yeah. Um, it feels long. It's it's trippy because I mean it's, yeah. it's it's based on Jim Morrison and so um, so if you don't know who I'm talking about um, idiot 
Um, if you don't know who I'm talking about, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, young kids. I know some of you don't know who I'm talking about. But Jim Morrison. Uh, but you, if you're of a certain age, you should know. Who if you're of a certain age, you should know who Jim Morrison is. Shame if you're on not you of a certain age, that's that's fine. What are they teaching you in school? But Jim Morrison was the lead singer of a band called Doors, um, psychedelic rock band. You could say there's lots of different names for the genre mm. that they produce, but they um, it, w- it was a very unique style and and sounding. Um, music and yeah. it twisted a few genres around their sort of ethereal um keys and jim morrison was a real sort of sex symbol and sort of overtly so uh, you know really put himself out there you know the one of his um, most iconic um picks the most iconic picks of jim morrison is that shirtless arms spread wide yeah. like michael jordan pose and i had that poster on my wall yeah. I did, and even though the doors are not from my generation per se, um, you know they're from the generation before me. But a lot of us, I know from as teen, a lot of teenagers do. Um, I was one of those ones that rebelled against the status quo, and so I, um, if it wasn't sort of music that wasn't re- current music that wasn't rebelling against the status quo, um, like punk and and rock and that sort of stuff or hip hop, I turned to music from my parents generation and so doors was one of those and and so they really played a big part in my musical upbringing yeah and so that is one of the reasons i chose doors and kilmer val kilmer this was i believe it was it was it's, it's noted that this was likely the first role that he um used the technique of um method uh, yeah where he used the method acting technique oh this was the first one that he did then i can't think of what b- came before oh, okay. that that he would have used this um technique uh yeah. i mean i mean he might have to a smaller degree but in this one he had to really embody get into a, the character get into yeah. the character it was a famous figure it was a well-known figure um it was an iconic figure it was a beloved figure you know that you still have um people um visiting his grave in france jim morrison's grave he was one of the 27 club you know yeah. visiting his um you know having pilgrimages to his to his um graveside uh and, and so he could not get this wrong you know he, he needed to do this right and so he really got into character to the point where he looked exactly like him like you put them side by side and they were doppelgangers and um, incredible. the way he, he it, yeah. it was so it's so incredible if you want if you if you know nothing about it at least do this and look up maybe a couple of performances by jim morrison and then just <laughs> go and look up some you, you know a few um, just watch part, yeah, parts, just, of, the movie, parts yeah. of, the, of the movie doors and you'll see exactly what i mean listen to the singing um you know close your eyes and listen to jim morrison singing close your eyes and listen to val kilmer because yes he is actually doing the singing. I was going to say, because so he did the he singing. He is doing he? the singing. Yeah. And and even the remaining members of The Doors mm-hmm. um, who, who gave their blessing to this project, you know, and who Val Kilmer interacted with to prepare for the role, they yeah. said they closed their eyes and they were blown away. They mm-hmm. thought they were listening to Jim Morrison. <clears> so, um, I've done a lot of talking. Sorry, do you have something to say on it? Can I? Oh, I just, I totally agree. He just embodies like a, he is Jim Morrison. He becomes Jim Morrison in that movie. Yeah. For me and for what I've, what I've seen of, you know, of um, Jim Morrison's performances and stuff. He just, he moves like him. He talks like him. Mm. He just, yeah, he's, he seem, he, they seem like the same person. Like you said, they look, he looks so much like him. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. It was, it was and, eerily yeah. Um, spot on. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, it, yeah. It's almost like you're watching, Jim Morrison playing himself in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of character arcs, I mean, you know, uh, following a music biopic is often a great place to see a character arc, especially if it starts when the, you know, before the before fame and then yeah. and then um, intra fame and then post fame, you know, and and you know, so you see a great character arc there too. It just shows the effects um, and the struggles that he had with the fame. Um, yeah, that, that came his way. Uh, he was probably not that way inclined, but he did. Em- he embraced it, but you could see that he was struggling with it. And then, as often happens, he then struggled with 
you know, you turn to certain substances and that's what Jim Morrison did. Yeah. Um, and so those, the addictive, the addiction that came with, um, I guess, aspects of fame or, or the, the push of fame, you know, Val Kilmer carried that well, the, uh, you know, and, and showed us the effects of that really well too. And so it was, it was haunting um, and, and realistic and believable captivating it was just a gorgeous gorgeous film that was portrayed like just to absolute perfection mm. by Val Kilmer yep. and actually the this I guess a good segue I was talking about trying to find a segue between Tom Cruise and and Val Kilmer besides Top Gun the obvious thing but um Oliver Stone Craig uh, was the um, director for Doors, and he also directed Tom Cruise on Born on the Fourth of July. So there you go. There's yep, there you go. One degree of separation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. All right. What's your number five? Well, I so I was kind of playing around with my number four and number five, but mm-hmm. I may as well uh, same thing. I'm gonna okay. go with the Doors. All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I did so much talking. I, I just, already... I'm, I'm so like, I just, I love <laughs> his character so much on that film that I did a lot of talking. So I apologize. So yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah. I mean. I'm not going to add much more to it, but it's just what we've said already. But, you know, the other cast, the other cast, like Meg Ryan's in the movie as well. She does a good job. Yeah, of course. Um, is playing his love interest. Mm. And um, just the things that they, you know, some of the scenes and because um, we've talked about the way he acts, the part is incredible. And then uh, they have that, the that you know, famous... Um, was it the Johnny Carson show that they went on and they were supposed to do that live performance but mm. they wanted them to change their song Ed Sullivan was like Barnum and Bailey he presented the greatest show on television half hour before showtime some representative from network television came into our dressing room he said boys and we hated being called boys we've got a problem and we all looked at each other and said oh man now what the guy said you cannot on network television in America Say the word, higher. Well, I have one little thing to bring up. It's a small thing, but it's important. The guys at Network have told us that they have a little problem with one of your lyrics, the lyric, girl, we couldn't get much higher. See, because you can't say higher on Network, so they asked if you could say instead, girl, we can't get much better. Can you dig that? This is 1967, and the battle was between the establishment and the psychedelics. There was a lot of censorship back then. Elvis couldn't show his pelvis. The Stones, you could not spend the night together with the Stones. That implied the act of making love. And when it comes to the Doors, the Doors couldn't say the forbidden word higher. Okay, okay. Groovy. 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 Just give me five. Have a great show, okay? And now, direct from Los Angeles, California, ladies and gentlemen, here now... The door. You know that it would be untrue. If I was to say to you, girl, we couldn't get much higher. Yeah. She said it. She said it on national TV. I can't believe that. Five. Who's he doing? Whoever it was from Network came backstage afterwards and started to scream at us. You said the word higher. You said higher. You'll never work the Ed Sullivan show ever again. And then Morrison, in classic Jim Morrison fashion, looked at the guy and said, Hey, man, we just did the Ed Sullivan show. And, yeah. <laughs> and they're all going nuts. Like, mm. <laughs> But, yeah, it's just... Um, uh, he he just does such a good job of it um it's a really well told story and it's really interesting to you know to yeah from beginning to end i think to if you don't know anything about the band if you don't know anything about jim morrison i think it's an interesting watch um to learn about them and no doubt you'll recognize the music so Mm. yeah It, it can be a little bit of a hard watch if you're you know if you're not a fan um but yeah, going going there open minded and, and ready to just sort of take it all in. It because it's it's almost like it was created by Jim Morrison himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they do focus on his when poetry on, and stuff, on. don't they? Yeah. And it is, yeah. it is, it does have. I think you said like psychedelic before, but it's mm. yeah. 
It's like the movie's high. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the movie is high. That's, that's a good way to it. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so um, I'm glad you chose that one as well so we can both knock that one on the head. And that was, it was a beautiful movie um, and beautifully acted. So go and see it if you haven't already. Uh, Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison in the movie The Doors, which was directed by Oliver Stone. All of those elements combined, my gosh, um, y- you know, that's worthy of a watch just in and of itself to see all those legends sort of yeah. bring it all together, thrown yeah. into that same pot. Yeah. Okay, cool. So my number four is, okay, so this was Val Kilmer's first movie. Um, ah. acting role yeah and it's not the first movie I saw of his though the first movie I saw of his was a, a comedy called Real Genius um, and I considered putting that on in my list and I yeah. thought oh, because I want to have a comedy in there and this was the first one I saw so it's sentimental <laughs> it was a sentimental favourite um, you know it was it was in the age of sort of like college campus um, comedies yeah uh, but this one was a parody Spy parody, a, a oh. spoof, if you like. Was that um, his first movie? Yes, Top Secret. I didn't yes. realize that so was So Top first Secret movie. was his first movie, his first acting role, back in... Um, so that was before Real Genius. 84. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that was before what? Real Genius. Yeah, it was, yeah, before. Yeah. It was before Real Genius, yeah. yeah. And, um, and now this was the tail end of the heyday of, of spoofs, I think. When yeah. I say heyday, I mean the best of the best, like air, um, Airplane, you Wasn't know. Wasn't it between... Airplane and was it between Airplane and Naked Gun? The Naked Gun series. This one. Yeah. No, Naked Gun came after. Don't quote me. I better look that one up. But that was after this. Naked Gun would have probably been the tail end. More to the point, yeah. I think. Um, and and after that, you know, that it just it all started to go wrong. Um, for yeah. Parodies. They yeah quite cut anyway oh, yeah. all the scary movie ones new ones are, just got it's just got really stupid and oh, they just got ridiculous just, as well yeah yeah, yeah. I mean they're, they're, that's they're ridiculous on purpose but they're also yeah. witty and you know and so these yeah. ones were all witty and so this was actually written by um, the same team that did Airplane but Val Kilmer you know the, if you haven't seen the film I'll tell you a little bit about it it's a it's a spy parody and um, parodies are, I guess they're short lived ephemeral by nature um, but you know, because they're based, they kind of grab films that are in the moment that are sort of, um, you know, dominating the cinemas at that time. And then they parody those films. Um, so Spaceballs parodied, uh, what's that? Zucker Brothers. The Zucker Brothers, and yeah. Jim That's, Abrams. Yeah, yeah. Abrams. I can't believe it, they ditched on that. Yeah. Um, so... Um, yeah, they usually come on the back of stuff. On the back of stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, of course, the scary movie ones came along off the back of when Scream and all yeah. those came out. But this one was based, it kind of was was a twisting of uh, Alvis movies. If, if Alvis did a spy movie <laughs> that was a comedy, then that would be top yeah. secret. And so Val, Val Kilmer essentially played an Alvis-style character. He was Nick Rivers. Um, he was a rock star and he, he got, sings in it too doesn't he he does sing in yeah. it yep yep and the opening number is actually kind of like a Beach Boysy sort of um, yeah. track um, Skeet Surfing Skeet Surfing Skeet Surfing If everybody had a 12 and a surf or two shooting and surfing so i haven't seen it oh you have and yeah. i really i want to watch it's on my list now but um I, I, i've seen I, little bits of it and i've seen riding the waves skeets yeah <laughs> i re, i revisited it a few years ago and um and i just i still enjoyed it still loved still it good, yeah. so i think it's one of those ones that i said they're i said they're ephemeral or short-lived by nature i, I think that there are a few that are still rewatchable. Yeah. Uh, maybe not to every generation. I don't know if my kids yeah. would enjoy Airplane as much as I do. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yeah, and, and if they if it's if it's um fixated on tropes that are that well tropes by nature obviously things that get repeated and repeated and repeated. Yeah. And if it, it fixates on that then it's familiar. So 
that's yeah. that's what a yeah, good yeah. parody does i guess like airplanes is kind of similar kind of similar as well because it's a disaster movie mm. it's not a specific but yeah, it's more yeah, of a yeah. disaster movie and the, the mass, made into a yeah, well, they, they came and died <laughs> out as well but i think airplane has remained a classic because of the jokes yeah they're just fast and and witty and it's and, yeah. and they're they're bad and they're good and they're you know they're they're they're, they're the uh, that's that's the dad joke of movies is, is airplane and, <laughs> yeah. and top secret you know comes close behind it's it's yeah. one of the top it also came in the time of um midst the cold war era nick i want to explain what's there to explain but i just want Look, to say that i'm not the first guy who fell in love with a girl he met in a restaurant who then turned out to be the daughter of a kidnapped scientist only to lose her to a childhood lover who she'd last seen on a deserted island and who turned out 15 years later to be the leader of the french underground i know it it all sounds like some bad movie. You know, our, our tensions were heightened, and so spy films were a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so yeah, so it was it was great. It was um, it was fun, mm. silly, absurd. I gotta watch it. Yep, do it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, what is your number four? All right, my number four is maybe a little bit of a lesser known one. It's a movie called Thunderheart. Your deal goes through with Milton, you're all dead. This whole reservation is dead. He's lying. It's in the river. Hey, look. We came here to apprehend a murder, and that's what we did now. It's all over. You came here to broker a land deal and eliminate anyone who knows. Even a school teacher? A school teacher, Frank? What do you want? What do you want? You want an advisory position, grade 10? Huh? I can arrange that in Denver. Sensitive operations unit. What do you want? People know. You can't kill all of us. People know. I can either help you or I can send you back to your ancestors. Now, which way is it going to be? And I that, haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. Ah, oh, it's a good one. <laughs> oh, maybe when you start talking, I'll realize. Yeah, I you have. might remember it. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I remember watching it when I was, when I was younger. He plays an FBI agent mm-hmm. um, with a Sioux background, okay. a Native American background, and he's sent to the reservation for an invest- investigation. Right. And um, <clears throat> so he's teamed up with an older, I think it's Sam Shepard, and Graham Greene's in it as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, like it says here, he has to overcome the tactics of his fellow agents um, and get attuned to his heritage and he gains trust trust of the locals because they kind of I think I think it's Sam Shepard's character who's kind of like you know a cop that's been there for years and mm. he's he's kind of like at the attitude that like I know these people better than they know themselves kind right. of thing and so he kind of you know because he's got he's supposed to have a Native American background it's kind of about him becoming you know kind of tapping into that and whereas the cops that have been there might kind of just pass it off as um, this has happened like he actually mm. goes in and, and tries to figure out what exactly happened and okay a good watch and another early it's like 90 yeah 92 so it's an early one huh. but um and just in case anyone thinks that there was whitewashing going on uh Valcoma is actually part Cherokee yeah um, he is Native American <laughs> yeah yeah and well so, I just um so I just quickly learned a little bit about the company um the film company um the production company sorry that made that film uh mm. it was created by robert de niro really you that yeah yeah and <laughs> so he wanted that. to start um a, a production company that focused on stories that wouldn't necessarily be picked up get by the made. bigger production companies and get made but they had wow. that had stories that he really felt needed to be told yep um that's yeah. interesting yeah and so this is obviously one of those yeah yeah um but yeah it's a really good really good movie um interesting you know crime investigation movie with a bit of a twist with the native american okay so just to, i'll pull out one um one uh, um, review for us to walk away with thunderheart adds up to an absorbing and provocative thriller even the gaps in storytelling somehow work in its favor as apted takes jumps in time and place that underscore the mental state of fusco's protagonist so that's from the hartford courant um, Malcolm Johnson so um, it sounds like it is a very like uh, engaging movie yeah. and, and sensitively told it sounds like too yeah. so and I think like most of his performance yeah definitely um, it's been a while since I've seen it mm. so I, I, I'm 
you know, from my memory, it is uh, sensitive to the um, the subject matter. To the yeah. subject matter, like I think Val Kilmer, as he quite often does, gives quite an evocative performance, mm. and you know, just um, he takes you on the ride with his character, you know, mm. learning about himself and as well as um, about his people and stuff like that. Okay. Well, all right. So that brings me to my number three. Yeah. Is it three? <laughs> okay. So, um, I think I know. Yeah. My number three. So my number three. Um, this guy is directed by the guy that wrote Lethal Weapon. So there's already a good start there. But this was his directorial debut. Um, he also he also wrote Last Boy Scout, um, Last Action Hero, same Long Kiss Goodnight. What's that? Same as my number three. Is it same as your number three? All right, that's cool. That's cool. So this is a this is a super cool movie. Like it it just is. Even the title is, is cool. And the actors. Um, now the actor, I guess the uh, the other actor, big name actor in this movie was sort of waning at the time. But it was kind of his comeback, wasn't it? It was. It was the start mm. of his comeback, and then he kind of had some minor things happening, and then of course, Iron Man. And Iron Man. Um, but yes, it <laughs> is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Let's go. Hurry up. Harry was a small time crook. Oh boy. Till he opened the door. Oh no, no, we're not ready for your audition. Just take him, he's ready. You ready, right? To a really big break. Quit acting like the good guy. You got your partner killed. You killed him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old school method. Give me Gabe Perry on the phone. But he'll need a real cop. Detective lessons tomorrow for your acting. Oh, you're the uh, consultant. If he wants to act the part. You must be Gabe Perry. Still gay? Me? No. I just like the name so much. I can't get rid of it. So what do you do? I'm a private detective. She thinks I'm a detective. Of all the idiot things to do. My sister... Honey, Are you going to help me? I got to check my schedule. Can you help me, Harry? Because you're not going to help me okay, find somebody okay. else. So sometimes I have other... Oh, uh, my caseload oh, is, is pretty... Thank you. From Shane Black, the creator of Lethal Weapon. Do not play detective. Moron. Go home before the bad guys do something bad right. to you. Two corpses in three hours. I mean, that's unusual, right? Yes. Comes a mystery. It's a frame-up. First things first. Do you have the corpse? I, I got rid of it. You threw it away. Yeah. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No. The definition of the word idiot. Ow! It starts with a kiss. Why'd you lie to me? It was an excuse to stay around you, so I mean, I think... Ow! Did I just cut off your finger? Yeah. It's on the floor. Pick it up. Pick it up. And ends with a bang. Where is the girl? You put a live round in that gun. Oh, well, yeah. There was like an 8% chance. Eight. Who taught you yeah. math? Robert Downey Jr. What do you think, I'm stupid? Val Kilmer. Yes, I think you're stupid. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, hell. Kiss me. And so, um, Luke Under, and I, Underrated, I think. Definitely underrated, yeah. yeah. It's, and it has become one of those cult favorites, I think. Yeah. It's definitely one of the ones. When they slip under the radar, and then, but then people pick up on it afterwards and yep. then, you know, absolutely love it. Did you like, um, sorry, it's not the same, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you like The Nice Guys? Yeah. Yeah, so similar kind of thing I think yes. happened to that movie, yep. and uh, I loved the Nice Guys and um, or Nice Guys. Mm. Um, same, it's it's kind of similar in a way to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but I think like he just does that so well, Shane Black, mm. with the the action and the comedy, yep. it, the witty kind of humor that it has, and yeah, and and he finds and the right characters to play the, off against each other, yes, or the actors to play off the against actors each that other. play together, mm. just perfect, yeah. And in in that movie, obviously, well, sorry, in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you know, mm. with uh, Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr., they're just they're just perfect. Yeah, I think he's what is he an so actor? It's, pretending it's funny. To be? It's really funny. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, like Nice Guys, it was just funny to listen to the banter between uh, Russell Crowe and, yeah. and Gosling. Yeah, yeah, and uh, again, and, perfect together. Yeah, like, perfect together. So they played off each other perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And so Downey and in this one, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it's Downey and Kilmer and they just bounce off each other really well. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Kilmer is a private detective and um, Downey Jr. is a thief. Um, yeah, is he, is he an 
a thief pretending to be an actor or something he like gets, that? Yeah, and he gets, as a result of that, he gets um, caught up in a case of mistaken identity. <laughs> and so he has to team up with with Kilmer to help solve um, a conspiracy, if you like. So, um, yeah, so, so, so again, Kilmer gets a chance to... Uh, he'd gone a little bit serious for a while and mm. like we said he started off with Top Secret and then Real Genius and so this got to showcase his comedy chops yep. again so that was that was what I really enjoyed about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang um, you know it brought back his funny side again yeah just like I said before I think it's totally underrated it's hilarious and just uh, and these kind of movies like Nice Guys and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang you have the characters and you know certain things go wrong and mm. and they're at first they don't like each other at all and you know they kind of come together at the end and they work together and stuff and yeah i just think he tells that story really well in a a hilarious way but um you know with that action too like is um sorry i'm kind of rabbiting on no 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 no. i I get what you mean they kind of they kind of uh, it's like they fumble into each other's existence and yeah. then they have to fumble their way around a re- into a relationship yep. but never is it, does that fumbling turn ridiculously slapstick so that's, no. that's where it go, yeah. can go wrong for directors yep. when they go like oh this will be funny to like sort of with the yeah. bouncing off each other turns slapstick but yeah, it's not the, that at all it's not that at all but, but it's but, where things like don't, things for the characters don't go right mm. but it seems to work out yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, which is, if you do it right, it can be yeah. hilarious. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was. And when you get the right dialogue as well and the yeah. right actors delivering the dialogue and the right director directing those actors, it's just, yeah. and the right script and all that sort of stuff. So it's just, uh, it's think, a witty script. It's, it's. Yeah. And it's key, like having the actors, you know, react to each other and, mm. and play off each other is. I mean, that must be key to a movie like this working. You have to have it. It has to be sharp. Yeah. And so, yeah. So two intelligent actors getting together, um, playing off each other, um, you, you know, uh, you know, with the, with the help of a really witty script and a, and a fantastic director, mm. you know, was just, everything was just a match made in heaven. And it brought us Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was a really super cool, hyper cool, uber cool film. So yeah. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. Um, you know, if you if you like that sort of thing, if you like the nice guys, for example. Yeah. Uh, what are some other similar movies? Do you think? Off the top uh, of your head? Do you think like the Lethal Weapons. Um, obviously, uh, yeah. as I said, Shane Black uh, wrote. Um, in Bruges. Lethal Weapon. In Bruges. Yeah, Is those sort of thing, things. Yeah. Didn't oh he was in Predator. He acted did in he, Predator. He didn't write Predator though, did he? Uh, he directed he? the latest Predator. Yes, yeah. He acted in the first Predator. He uh, he he got together with Robert Downey Jr. again in Iron Man three. He directed oh, Iron he? Man three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is which is often cited as the worst of the I liked Iron it, Mans, but yeah. I, I liked it. I was annoyed. I was a little bit annoyed by um, by some of the things. So, yeah, a few things. A few, yeah. a few things. Yeah. But you know, Long Kiss Goodnight as well. Last Action Hero, yeah. these are all part of his writing credentials. So um, he knew what to do. He knew, knows how to uh, write a script. And so as a director, he kind of knew yeah. his way around a script already. Lethal Weapon 1, 2... Oh, is that what you said, Lethal Weapon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1, 2, yeah, and 3. Yep. Oh, and 4. He wrote them all. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I knew no. he wrote the first two. No, he's he's credited for characters by the looks of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got a great... He um, a partner. He's got a great resume uh um but yeah kiss kiss bang bang was shane black's first one and i'm really glad that he got to um to work with two excellent actors yeah downey jr and val kilmer who is our uh, actor of the moment yeah pretty good um for for your first directorial debut oh for your directorial debut oh yeah it's um it's a pretty big movie yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) big cast and like Mm. yeah yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate it didn't do um, better. It just should have done better. Better yeah. at the at the box office, but then I mean, he got to have Iron Man three later on, which yep. became the fifteenth uh, highest grossing film of all time. Yeah, is that number fifteen? Wow, number fifteen. Yeah, yeah. That's there right. were high expectations of it, so people flooded the yeah. the, the cinemas. It's got that um, um, initial box office weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. 
So there we go. Okay, cool. So that was my number three and Luke's number three. So I am going to half hope that we don't have the same number two, but if we do, I won't be. I reckon our number two and number ones might be... Um, you reckon? Pretty close? Possibly. Let's Let's find out. There might be... Well, I, again, like everything, I was juggling number <laughs> one and two, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know which is... Uh, but I've gone with the... Well, it's funny. I think my last two, he's not the main protagonists, actually. So, yeah. So, I don't know if that gives anything away. Is that... Are you feeling like? Are you feeling this? Are you feeling this, man? All right. So my and number. I'm, I struggled with which one to put. Right. First. Okay. Yeah. Well, we. Okay. So if we do have the same ones, we may as well just talk about them together. Yeah. But my number two is. It also stars. I'm gonna give it the lead up. It also it it is one of the Tension. most incredible <laughs> ensembles because of the legendary status. Yeah. of the actors that were involved legends like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino <laughs> and John Voigt and Ashley Judd no that's, that's bad sorry <laughs> sorry guys sorry or one of you that is listening Robert De Niro Al Pacino John Voigt Ashley Judd and of course Kilmer Al Kilmer yeah so De Niro is that your number two yeah right on so that's that, have I said the name of the movie no what is the name of the movie Heat Heat yeah. Heat! Oh my god! And gosh. it brings the heat. With this guy, there's more cheap you should pass. The bank is worth the risk. You should take it down. 12.2 million. You're up. This crew is good. It ain't worth the risks you take. Like in risk versus reward, baby. You're a fugitive number one with a bullet. I'm double the worst trouble you ever had. If I'm there, I gotta put you away. I won't like it, but I'll tell you, you are going down. What if you do got me boxed in? Then I gotta put you down. Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. I will not hesitate for a second. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer in a Michael Mann film. <laughs> that is so we talked about uh what what movie did we talk about before from michael mann's um about collateral collateral yeah, yeah. so Mark, michael mann directed collateral michael mann directed uh the miami vice reboot he directed the insider uh some really really cool movies and he's got a a, a i guess um a style yeah um definitely you know and and you note it if you if you know michael mann films you'll be well, you know, if you know your films and you're watching a Michael Mann film, you know, you could probably pick up that it is a Michael Mann film because the mm. stylization of it, yeah. um, especially his crime dramas. He's, do, he's done more than crime dramas, but the crime dramas have a certain style yeah. to them, you know. Um, Last of the Mohicans. Of course, Last of the Mohicans is, you know, the odd one out um, and, a f- and a few others that he's done. But when it comes to his crime da- dramas, they're very distinctive, super cool. Yeah. Like if you look Heat, Insider, Collateral, yep. My yep. Vice. Yep. he did public enemies as well public enemies yeah so yeah so um so the background on De Niro he's the uh leader of a crew who are planning a mammoth bank robbery a titanic bank robbery and uh Pacino is the mm, dog with a bone detective that is yeah. on the trail <laughs> yeah so he just does not he's persistent he does not give up he's that he's that Tommy Lee figure in uh in um uh you know tra- hunting down Harrison Ford yeah um and i went to say the movie and i went mind blocking again what the hell what am i thinking um, of quick fugitive fugitive sorry uh yeah so so similar thing where it's just it's just so intent on catching this guy yeah um and yeah, desperate yeah. desperate desperately wants to catch De Niro and his crew they know who he is they basically just have to catch, just have him. To catch yeah. him in the act yeah yeah so that they're pretty certain um but they just can't they just can't nail him he's yeah. too elusive and so Kilmer what he's would too you, good he's too good and what would you say about Kilmer he, he's probably the most notable of the, the heist crew besides De Niro of course yeah uh, yeah definitely yeah he's kind of like his right hand man yeah so yeah he's kind of his character's kind of like um, a tough kind of criminal like he's what you expect like he you know he plays a bit of a menacing part yeah. um, he's kind of like the 
Is it wild? Enforcer? It, he's, like he's, he's an enforcer, and he's yeah. also kind of can be a bit yeah, wild, a bit crazy. and can yeah. be a bit crazy and erratic, and, yeah. and almost kamikaze. unpredictable. Yeah, unpredictables, yeah. which it makes him kind of kamikaze in a way where he yeah. just doesn't mind throwing himself headfirst into the yeah. into the action. Um, yeah, dive bombing into the action. For, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, backs up uh, De Niro. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So he was asked a question, um, and I've, I've pulled it off. To, um, where, as you do when when you're the smaller name character, you often get asked, "What's your experience like with working with?" You know, insert legend here, and yeah. in this case, you know, um, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. And he says, "Well, this is in his own words. He said, well, imagine being able to say Al and Bob for the rest of your life.'" Not many people can do that. I've seen Bob giggling like a schoolgirl in a van in the middle of the night because we have to be quiet because they are filming outside. Um, I have been hugged by Al Pacino in the middle of a downtown, middle of downtown LA like he was my older brother. I've shot live rounds from high-powered assault weapons over Bob's head while rehearsing lines from our film. I got to kiss Ashley Judd. I sometimes lived at Michael Mann's house. I'm in one of the greatest cops and robbers films in film history. It has to be the top 20. And I, I'd agree with that, actually. Yeah. Um, I am on the poster, for goodness sake. What an honor. Priceless experience. Watching all the actors do their thing. We all work hard, but when you're with the icons, you get really squared away. Loved every minute of it. I, I wanted to read that quote because we do, sometimes Val Kilmer is, uh, I don't know, because he became a method actor, yeah. sometimes these method actors can get labeled, yep. um, you know, in a derogatory way as as being something difficult that they're to work difficult with to work and, with. Yeah you know the christian bales and but it's just again like this shows that how grateful he is just to have the job and to yeah to be you know amongst these these legends so i think it shows a little bit of who he is as a person i think his role in the movie he plays it really well i think he knows exactly what he's supposed to do mm. like he's he's supposed to be that kind of key supporting role mm. and he lets al pacino and Robert De Niro shine because they're mm. the stars of the movie, you know, and I, I think he helps, he helps that and allows that to happen. That is so true. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't try to be too much, you know, like some people might try to be, I don't know, a bit more, like inject themselves uh, okay, a bit more. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so case in point, um, Jim Carrey and the Riddler, right? So, yeah. so, so you're given, um, especially when you're given this sort of, when they say, okay, this is your, your sort of character, yeah. um, you know, this is this is what we want you to be. This is how we want you to portray him. You know, you're wild, you're erratic, you're you're kamikaze. All these things that we're saying before, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you can go really over the top with that, yeah. and, and sort of try and dominate the screen with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what happened, I think, with Jim Carrey and the Riddler. Um, mm. I don't know if I'm making a good parallel here, but um, but you know, and then, and then it became like there was no one else on the screen. Yeah, but yeah. but this one even you know again he's not dominating the screen but he's definitely there and he's yeah. playing his role and he's just not it's not wearing you out it's no not, yeah. it, 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 yeah. it can wear you thin yeah sometimes when people you know are over dominant mm. especially when they're not supposed to be yeah but um <laughs> but, but but yeah it just it just again shows what a great actor yeah, like a certain amount of restraint and you know i think mm. come yeah came into the role yeah yeah yeah. Played. yeah yeah it's funny you describe what what you said, what we said about him just then, just listening to you to say it back and then thinking about the Riddler, like you basically explained the same character, but played in a exactly. totally different way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I thought of him. Like, yeah. Yeah. But but one was just too over the top and, and ended up dominating yeah. the screen and the other one was just exactly where he was supposed to sit. Yeah. Okay, that's your seat at the table. And um, you know, you don't have to be the head of the table yeah. just because you're the, the one that is... You know, quaking the Both most. Both Val Kilmer and, movies too. What's that? <laughs> Both Val Kilmer movies too. Hey, that's true. There's another. Yeah. Well, that's that's true. That's an honorable mention, actually, yeah. for Val Kilmer. That's that's not a, not a totally bad movie. And I think he was a Val good Kilmer. Batman. He could have been. Yeah, out I wish I, I, I could have seen him go him on. as Batman. Yeah. But, you know, oh, well, just wasn't what, meant it was to be. wrong time. Yeah. yeah. But um, but that's so Batman's obviously not a number one. Do you have I any think, more to say on um Heat? Um, I was just gonna say I think you know again. I think that shows the director as well. Mm. You know, maybe the difference between what they wanted from Jim Carrey, maybe who knows if it, that's what they wanted him to, to do. Um, but I think, you know, it shows good direction mm. um, between those. Uh, I mean, if we're comparing those two, um, you know, to have 
Val Kilmer, who was pretty big at the time to play that kind of role and, and do it perfectly, mm. um, shows, I guess, Michael Mann's experience with those kind of movies and that kind of, that kind of setting. It's a good nod to all the whole cast and crew like and how they did that. Okay. Common theme amongst all the movies that we've talked about tonight from Tom Cruise's to Val Kilmer's is, you know, how well the directors were able to, I guess, pull the best out of their actors. So while we're talking about the actors, big ups have to go to the directors as well. You know, we've talked about Shane Black and Oliver Stone and, and Michael Mann. So there's some fantastic, fantastic directors mm. there in the mix. All right, so ready for our number one? I'm ready. All it right. can only be one movie. <laughs> can only be one. I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's got a lot of good movies. Okay, so I know, but it hasn't been on our list. So it hasn't been on the list. Okay, sure it so, has to be on our okay, list. Okay, so 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 <laughs> I've chosen one again. I said I pretty much gave it away before, where he's not the main character. Yeah. Is that are you going with that one yeah. too? All right. Um, it is a period piece. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we have got the same one, and uh, it had another similar movie that came out around the same time. <laughs> had an, it did actually. It did. Yeah. That often happens, doesn't it? It does. Um, yeah. uh, what was I thinking about before? One of the movies we we did. Oh, Top Gun. I mean, had Iron Eagle come out just before? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, so this one had a movie come out called what was the movie that came out? It was actually called Wider. It was called Wider. Yeah. That's right. It wasn't a bad movie. I actually enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, in some ways, I like his wider better than Kurt Russell's. Right, okay. But You're giving away what our number one is ahead of time, but that's all right. Sorry. <laughs> our number one is Tombstone. <laughs> all right, our number one is Tombstone. But yeah, but you enjoyed... Okay, What's so his so name? Let's set it up. Um, so... Oh, it's just totally slipped my mind. That's so... I mean, he's had some up... Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Oh, jeez. I can't believe and it. And he directed it too, yeah. That's right, yeah. That one was quite long from what I remember. I think it, it, it fell into the, what's the Dances with Wolves? and you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, at the, at Kevin Costner loved his big, long movies. Oh yeah. my gosh, Waterworld. And, yeah. You know, all of them underrated too, by the way, because they were long yes. movies. People probably avoided them. They're just kind of like, yeah. And I think, you know, because Dances with Wolves did so well. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, ah, oh, it's more of the same. Yeah, so people yeah. kind of just like bypass it. But, you know? they, but they weren't. And, and White Earp had but some, I like him you know, yeah, yeah. He was, he was good. And, Kevin yeah. Costner and... Um, White Earp also had Dennis Quaid and um, that's right. Yeah, Gene Hackman was in it. Okay, so, um, so yeah, so our number one movie is Tombstone, mm-hmm. uh, and we just had a little bit of a, a ramble about Wyatt. <laughs> if you hadn't guessed already, in the lead into it, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, so yeah, two of these movies they both came out around the same time uh, in the same year. As often happens with movies, you know, Quiet Place, um, for example. Most yeah, they were both the same year, weren't they? Uh, oh, a year later. A year later was... Uh, Tombstone, Tombstone was 93. Was three, and, and then White Oak was 94. Was 94 yeah. um, but yeah, you often see that. Um, but around the same time. Yeah. yeah. With different movies. Yeah, and um, yeah. So, in White Earp, Kevin Costner played White Earp. Dennis Quaid played Doc Holliday, his... Mm. Um, I call, it, call him a sidekick, but yeah. it, it was really a, a bestie. And yeah, his friend. Yeah. yeah, and so someone he could rely on. Someone he could, someone he could rely on. Someone he could turn to. Now, the thing about, like, I'm all you know. All due respect to Dennis Quaid, but man, you're not going to match Val Kilmer's <laughs> performance as Doc Holliday in a million years, yeah. buddy. Like that is just, I, I don't, not, not. We talked about how good an actor Tom Cruise is. He wouldn't be able to do it. I'm just saying. Yeah. They played two different kind of Doc Holliday's too. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Um, but just the character that you get from Val Kilmer, like he's he's developed a whole character that you you latch onto. Like, you do, yeah. Well, White Earp is supposed to be the hero, and he is the hero, and he is the the, the protagonist. And if you were to put labels on them, that's what you would do, right? But but Doc Holliday was an even truer hero in in many ways mm. because of uh, you know the fact that he had to. <sighs> He did something that's that's maybe really seen in cinema where he was a chronically ill person, yeah. right? So um, he had lived a life. He was a gunslinger. He was the fastest gun in the West. But yeah. um, he was now chronically ill, um, but he remained strong, not uh, despite, but in spite of yeah. his illness. Almost like right, to say like, nah, screw you. I'm not, I'm not, you're not beating me, right? So yeah. 
so he he remained strong and to to spite the thing that was sort of disabilitating him mm. and you know and he was he was uh, his his pallor was you know he was uh, quite pale, pale and, yeah. and 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 yeah, because he had tuberculosis he had tuberculosis yeah. he was dying of tuberculosis yeah. we we catch him in that in that period yeah, where he's dying of tuberculosis yeah. he's, he's sweating and coughing a lot and before I start rambling too much, what you want to jump in at, on anything? Yeah, um, no, I was just listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, like totally. I think um, um, I was just thinking of how they got him to look like sweaty and pale all the time because mm. they did. <laughs> I guess it's just makeup and and uh, water. But um, he, yeah, just the way he plays that character. Um, like you said, he's you know he's dying of this incurable disease but um he's still strong he's still the fastest gun in the west kind of mm. thing like he's still you know he'll he'll back wide up up till he dies kind of thing he's yeah. just that kind of friend and that's what the way you feel about him watching the movie well absolutely and in fact that was probably one of the most uh, pathos yeah. dripping moments you know or, or just like the, the maybe that's the wrong word just the the most endearing scenes mm. when um okay so so to step back so you got to imagine these characters if you haven't seen the movie or reimagine them or try to remember them but you got kurt russell's white Earp, right he's that strong imposing figure you mm. know um a broad um, good stature you know the physical epitome of a hero yeah right um he's like the captain america style hero yeah right? kind of menacing look yeah yeah broad chested standing yeah. tall um and holiday uh was the as we said the pale sweating coughing yeah sidekick but he was no igor style sidekick no. right he 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 was dying of tuberculosis as you said but in this film he was still the fastest gun in the west and so what you were just saying before uh, about how he stood up for his friend and is always there to, ha- to have his back. That yeah. was one of the most endearing moments and scenes in the movie when uh, Wyatt was called out to to a um, to a draw to a, to uh, against a ga- uh, a gunfighter. Yeah, and this gunfighter was a notable gunfighter and was definitely faster than White Earp. So White Earp was a he was a fairly notable and, and a good gunfighter, yeah. and he yeah. was brave and all the rest of it, but he was facing his final day if he actually went out and drew against this guy. Mm. This guy was definitely faster. There was no way they was going to beat him. Johnny Ringo. That's right. Um, yeah. And, and Johnny Ringo challenged Earp. And um, when Doc learned of it, you know, knowing that he was his, his bestie and, and he just loved him so much. Yeah. He staggered out of his deathbed. Yeah. Out of his, <laughs> out of his bed. And he faced up to the challenge. And this was the, this was the, a moment in the film where you just realize how, powerful doc holiday was yeah um and and how believably val kilmer was playing that part yeah was when ringo johnny ringo got scared of facing you know this this pale frail uh, doc yeah. holiday right yeah. why would he be more scared of this big broad strong captain america mm. style wyatt Earp yeah compared to this you know frail frail dying dying <laughs> coughing spluttering yeah. doc holiday uh, but he was yeah and, and yeah. uh um i think i tried to remember what he wrote down and and um oh, little... so ringo sees he thinks erp is approaching right white erp is approaching mm. um and he's ready he's ready for that fight um but then he sees doc holiday and he's suddenly terrified he says something along the lines of, oh, I was just fooling about. You know, I didn't, uh, you know, I was just mucking around. I haven't done anything to you. Yeah. So he's trying to back out of the fight. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I was just fooling about, says Ringo. I wasn't, says Holiday. That's right. So, <laughs> um, and then, and then basically Holiday stares him down and Johnny Ringo knows that his day has come. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started the game we never got to finish. <coughs> Play for blood, remember? I was just fooling about. I wasn't. 
Doesn't just, he collapse afterwards or something? Um, yeah, from uh, from memory. Because, like you said, he gets out of his bed to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. That was um, Michael Bean. Oh, it was um, Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that he was there. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what I've got to say about, I mean, I guess something else about, about the way Val Kilmer played Doc Holliday as well. He made it, he, he brought in other elements of what you believe Doc Holliday's character would be. And that wasn't just as, you know, some backwards redneck style Western yeah. cowboy. He was civilized. He was civilized. Yeah. yeah. We were really civilized and, you and know, he read poetry and he, yeah. He played um, Chopin and, um, yeah. you know, Chopin, um, um, you know, and, you know, and so, you know, yeah. he, was, he was a ladies man and he was, yeah. he was super cool and educated and, and smart. Mm. And so that that's sort of... Those He's elements. a multidimensional character for a supporting role, mm. you know, like, he, yeah, like it shows his depth as an actor, like bringing all that into a supporting role you know being able to yeah portray that in, in that kind of movie i mean i know we talked about um in a western tom cruise's supporting role in rain man as one of the greatest supporting roles but this this is just truly one of the greatest supporting roles ever yeah i think you know yeah. um as doc holiday i can't think of a better yeah um that's actually why i ended up putting this one as number one right and then heat as number two as for all that stuff we said about him playing a great role in heat and knowing you know where he was and um this the, the character of doc holiday is more prominent and that's mm. that's why i ended up putting it as number one because yeah, yeah, yeah just his not necessarily the movie is better right but the character is mm. is just i think he just plays it so well and uh yeah it, it is, I chose this character over the other one. It still gives me, like, it gives me chills thinking about how well he played it. Like, it just, you know, I just, yeah. It, I remember seeing the hero. movie when I was, you know, watching it when I was younger and when it came out and just thinking that he was incredible yeah. in that role. Yeah, and yeah. just, like, I just thought Val Kilmer was amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Even at a young age, like, I wanted to see more of Val Kilmer, you mm. know, like, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, even like I've been watching Kurt Russell movies like you know <laughs> and I liked Kurt Russell but probably hadn't seen him in as much and um, yeah it, it made me want to see more of him hmm. I'll probably play um, or edit in the final scene um, oh, yeah. where Doc Holliday is in, in the bed because I think that's quite a, it was, it was a real poignant moment it's kind of cool because he's sitting there he's um you know he died at the age of 36 um, and his final words and and they were incorporated into the movie the final words were said to be uh where he looked down at his feet and all he said was um you know he took a, a drink of a swig of whiskey or something and then he looked down at his feet that were poking out of his sheets and do you remember this scene and yeah yeah so they're poking out of sheets and all he said was like well this is funny or something like, <laughs> like that and um yeah so he's looking at his feet and 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 Apparently, it has something to do with the fact that he didn't die with his boots on. What would you want? Just to live a normal life. There's no normal life, why? It's just life. You get on with it. Don't know how. Sure you do. Say goodbye to me. Go grab that. Spirited actress, make her your own. Take that beauty and run. Don't look back. Live every second. Live right up the hill. Live wide. Live for me. Why, if you ever, my friend, if you ever had even the slightest feeling for me, leave now. Leave now. Thanks for always being there, Doc. I'll be damned. This is 
is funny. Uh, so the whole idea that heroes die with their boots yeah, on, he just yeah. he just found it amusing that he was dying barefooted. Yeah. Um, yeah. After after all that he'd done, but yeah, yeah, there, there was, you know, again when we talk about um, good movies having good character interplay, you know, again, White yeah. Urban and Doc Holloway were believable best friends. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And they had, uh, you know, although like uh, White Urban was playing that kind of tough character, um, you know, you could see. I think you could feel that emotional connection mm. between them and uh, that. Um, played through this the screen and mm. and it was quite emotional like, it was you know, yeah 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 um when yeah it, it, it was tear-jerking yeah. um so yeah so so that's a great movie again we've chosen movies that have just great ensembles or great casts or at least at least two actors playing well against each other mm. and so i think that that also probably says something about these two actors that we've chosen to focus on tom cruise and val kilmer that they've chosen their scripts well yeah, yeah. You no, know? um, I mean I know you can probably pull out a few of Val Kilmer's in the later years that <laughs> have kind of gone a bit yeah. uh, wonky, but uh, overall, you know, he's really chosen some great parts. And and if he was, uh, you know, as we said, um, you know, we've talked about actors before and the and the characters that were just made for them and that they embody, you know, and that the skin fits nice and snug around. Yeah. Um, well. Doc Holliday for me and Doc yeah. Holliday with, yeah. with Val Kilmer you know as well as probably Jim Morrison those two characters with the just uh, if everyone, I can't think of anyone who could have done it better no yeah he, he, oh and like we said before you know Jim Morrison no, he became Jim Morrison I think in the same way he for, for me watching that movie especially when I was younger he he was Doc Holliday mm. like I I didn't know who Doc Holliday was but you know like he he was him and that yeah. you know that was it for me like he played that part just like I think I went around saying I'll be a Huckleberry for <laughs> yeah. like a few weeks after yeah became a common yeah. quote around the streets um, yeah so wow man this has a, a, been a really epic uh, podcast episode so thank you everyone for listening in we started the hour um, talking about Maverick and hopes that Maverick was actually coming out soon as was originally slated uh yeah. but well not originally slated because it was pushed back it would have um, been out july, <laughs> june or july it was supposed to be yeah. and then it got pushed back to the end of the year so we had hopes that that was still going on but then by the time we got around to doing this podcast uh we realized it had been pushed back again until next year next june july. Uh, obviously next july sorry first so first of july so they're trying to I guess get into a nice sort of blockbuster season or yeah. summer season that's, in America. That's the big, I guess, big summer season in America. Yeah, shocks. Yeah, summer blockbuster. Yeah, so they want a <laughs> summer blockbuster, and they're hoping that Maverick will be their summer blockbuster. Yeah, that it's not going to lose them money. Uh, but again, um, you know, a call out to you Americans: get your act together, please. Get your COVID <laughs> under control. All right. Yeah, we want more movies. Can you? Yeah, we want more movies. And, can you and more just, seasons of our TV shows. <laughs> that's all right. Can you? Can you tell QAnon to just bury their dumb heads and uh, and? Well, just go film them somewhere else. <laughs> and, yeah. Everyone, just do what you have to, to to get rid of it, so we can watch our movies. Again. Yeah. All right. We all need right. them. Love you guys. We need them. All right. But that was it. Talking about Tom Cruise, the the great Tom Cruise, one of the greatest living movie stars, you know, without a question. Regardless of what you think of him. Re- regardless of what you think of his religious beliefs yeah. or his couch jumping. I mean, it's funny that people still hang on to... I mean, I'm bringing it up now yeah. as, a, as a bit of a joke, but people... Like, well, it was one moment Only because people always talk about it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm talking about it again. I guess it's just one of those visual images that is just... just no, that's what I mean. Like, we're only bringing it up because... Because people are talking people about People always it. talk about yeah, it. Yeah. It's just... Can't, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think we need there. to get out of the couch jumping. I think so. You? Okay, let's get over the couch <laughs> jumping. We've we've jumped the shark on the on the couch jumping. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah it, it, it was a it was silly moment, but nothing. And that's the thing. Like major. it was this short yeah. point, and like it's just this one thing Tiny, that happened. But like people a few just seconds keep, in time. Yeah, yeah. That people, people always hang talk on about to. It, like that's so like dumb. that's him. That's yeah. his. Yeah, I don't know. But um, and, and you know what? So what if it is him? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so he jumped on a couch. Yeah. <laughs> like wow. So what? 
Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he was excited. He was in love, and he was. Excited. I think that yeah, that's exactly what it comes down to. Well, yeah. well, so what? But he's a he's a great actor, and he's true gem and uh, and, yeah. and talent, um, and and larger than life magnetic performer, and Val Kilmer again, the enigma that is Val Kilmer. Would love to see more of him um, yes, again. Please. Yeah, so yeah. so come back, please, Val Kilmer, in a in a big way. We'd love to see more of you. We know you're still around. We know you're still doing little bits and pieces, but. Um, can't wait for, to see you and Tom Cruise back together again. Yes. I'll be interested to see what the Iceman's like. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Signing off, guys. Thanks again for listening. This has been Tonic Pop, the Movie Bros episodes. My name is Nate Hammond. This is Nick Hawksby. All right. We'll catch you. <laughs> catch you on the flip side. Thank you. We're waxing down our surfboards and loading up our traps. Tell the teacher we're shooting, we're never coming back. I've got a gun rack in my Chevy for when the surf and the flag get heavy. And we'll have fun with our guns till our lifeguard takes our ammo away. Sharing sunsets with my favorite girl When we shoot the curl, we really shoot the Can't you see with me? Do you want to go?